Hey, welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host, and today we are on the topic of faith. And if you struggle to find just practical ways to pass on your faith or gratitude or prayer onto your children, then y'all, you're going to love this episode, okay? So if you are new to Legacy Through Motherhood, welcome. Glad you're here, okay? And so this podcast is all about generational change. It's about positively just changing the narrative in your family. And you know, we all come from different upbringings when it comes to faith. Like some of us grew up in a house where praying and reading your Bible and just talking to God was like as natural as freaking breathing, right? Where others maybe grew up in the church, but that's where they were fed spiritually, maybe not necessarily in their home. Even though their parents could have had a faith of their own, they didn't really get fed from their parents. And then others found God later in life. Or maybe you're not even on that spectrum. Maybe you are just now starting to kind of look into this whole God thing, or maybe you're just really struggling and wrestling with your relationship with Christ. And so regardless of your journey, it can always be a challenge to just figure out practical ways to teach your children spiritual disciplines. And so you guys, I am so, so excited to introduce our guest today. So growing up, she felt like she was just always searching, always achieving, in order to just earn love or just feel love in general, right? Like her identity was wrapped up in her achievements, like I would probably say so many of us also do. And eventually she just realized how to instead lean on who God said she was and finally lay all that perfectionism to rest. And so when she became a mom and she started seeing the same kind of, I don't know, like achievement-oriented chase, starting to show up in her son, she decided to work with him through different ways of just prayer and gratitude and whatever. And eventually she wrote a devotional for him, (laughs) but then made another one for the entire world. God bless her, right? Okay, so we talk about this journal today and how incredibly impactful it has been. I mean, schools and parents and churches have been ordering this devotional in bulk. (laughs) And I have also been personally using it for Noah, my eight-year-old, and I love absolutely everything about it. So without any further ado, let me introduce you to my guest, mama, author, and sister in Christ, Jessica Lewis. All right. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. Thanks for being on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Excited yes. to be here. <laughs> so if you could, can you, just for anyone who does not know you, could you introduce yourself and just introduce kind of what you do and your passion and um, and we'll get into some other stuff later on, but can you just introduce yourself? Absolutely. So my name is Jessica Lewis. Um, I'm a mom of two wild and crazy boys that are soon to be five and eight. Um, My husband and I have always ran businesses together. And as I stepped away, um, I was able to fulfill like a passion and go on a passion project. And that's kind of taken me here to you, Stephanie. Yes. And I am so excited, you guys. Um, So Jessica does a ton of work with, um, well, I think that you might have a couple different things now, but as far as for what we've talked about, um, she has built a gratitude journal and for kids and it's, uh, we will go into it later too, but like, you know, there's a lot of stuff around prayer and around just teaching your children gratitude and whatever else. And it is so kid friendly. I love it. I think you also have one for teenagers now, maybe. Yep. Um, Okay. Okay. And for adults or is that in the works? Um, the teen adult version is the same thing, but yep. I I had parents wanting to do it with their kids. So yeah. 
Awesome. So what drove you to even like create this journal? Um, part of it was my son struggling, but then the other part of it has been um, my journey. Um, I tend to be the type of person that stresses over things and stresses out about things and overthinks things and worries about things. And um, my husband would always walk me through um, what we call positive stacking because I'm really good at negative stacking because typically when your brain thinks about something negative, another thought comes in right after that's negative. And I used to go down these rabbit holes of negative thoughts. And so he would always be like, babe, what are you grateful for? I'd be like, oh, the sky. And what, what else are you grateful for? Oh, the kids are healthy. And then we would begin to positively continue to say things that I was grateful for. And that's what Tony Robbins refers to as positive stacking. And um, through that journey, we've discovered that I can either be entitled or grateful. And entitled is a loaded word. But when I say entitled, I mean like expectant and feeling deserving of things and righteous. Um, And it kind of is annoying. And I started to notice that in my son, that he was always expecting things. He was, he felt he deserved things and he felt entitled to things. Um, Are you following my train of thought right now? Oh yeah, absolutely. So like for me, like I can expect my husband to pick up his clothes or expect my kids to listen or expect my Starbucks coffee to be right. And with my Amazon the- order to be my step within yes, two days. Exactly. <laughs> um, expect people to do what I say or say, do what they say they're going to do or just little things. And I was always just so stressed out about things because I, I, and it almost was a form of control. Um, so just caused me a lot of stress. And I started to notice my son doing the exact same thing. So I was like, man, I've got to shift this. Like something has to shift in the way that I think about things. And so that's where gratitude then came into my life because I had had a gratitude practice and I would do gratitude journals off and on. And at one point, my husband has had a gratitude journal for six, seven years now or somewhere, somewhere just a really long time. And he's always able to quickly shift from being poopy or being in a bad mood or having something bad happen to seeing what's good in it. And I wanted that skill. So um, I then started to practice that in myself and then was like, wait a minute, we need to shift our whole family, right? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, they you know, they just say like whatever you focus on expands, kind of like the whole negative stacking that you were talking about. I'm, I'm the same way. I'll like go into a spiral and then all of a sudden I'm like, what the heck am I even thinking about right now? What is going on? I know. And our our kids are the same. You know what I mean? Like they have a little powerful mind and it just, they can spiral too. And my son, um, who's almost eight, he is like um, incredibly smart, incredibly gifted, um, just even just academically, but he is such a perfectionist. I'm like, oh, good Lord, this child, I'm going to have to like tell him it's okay that you got a 98% on something. (laughs) It is fine. Mm, <laughs> even living in my house, dude, that is that is my child as well. And, I, and he gets it from me. That's like the worst part. I wish he could get it from my husband. Right. Because then it'd be like, oh, that's you, dude. You know, but it's me that um, like it's a direct reflection of how I think and how I act. It's crazy. It is crazy. Well, and it's crazy how much um, that like this perfectionism is, you know, um, Gosh, I don't know. I struggle with it too, but I struggle with it in like a backhanded way where I'm like, I'm like not type A. 
So I'm like a type Z perfectionist. Um, I am not like this like super orderly person, but I still like have this need and I, and it's an identity thing for sure. Um, and so my, I can see my children, um, or at least my oldest right now really struggling with just finding identity in like how he does, like what he is doing, just like I did. I'm like a, I'm like a three on the Enneagram. (laughs) I'm an achiever. Like that is me. And so can you just talk about like, how, how did this, how have you seen this gratitude journal? I mean, and probably even before you had it like bound and published when you are just practicing this as a family, what are some of the shifts that you've seen in your son or in yourself as you're going through this? So just talking about identity, that is like a huge topic for me because I'm a Christian now, but I wasn't a Christian when I was growing up. Right. So I placed my identity in my actions and what people said about me. So I always had to perform. So I was like a performer perfectionist. So I got perfect grades when I was growing up. I was like salutatorian in high school and I did great in business because I wanted the approval of other people because then it made me feel like I was okay as a person. And as life went on with my son, who's almost eight, um, also he started to seek outside things to get his approval. So it would show up in him saying, mom, um, I did this. Is this okay? Like we had this two month long period where literally Mm -hmm. every five minutes, it felt like he was saying, I touched this. Is this okay? I thought this, is this okay? I said this, is this okay? And I'm like, what is going on here? And I had realized like simultaneously in my journey, I was working on building my identity in Christ Mm -hmm. because I had always knew in my head that God created me, that I'm a masterpiece in his eyes, that I was created in his image. And finally one weekend and through one experience, it like sunk in and I truly felt God's love. And I felt like I didn't need love from anybody else anymore. And I felt grounded, not only in my head, but in my heart. And who God says I am, and I do not need the approval from other people. I don't need to achieve to to feel loved anymore. So simultaneously, this is happening to me. And then at home, Brendan's saying, I did this. Is this okay? I did this. Is this okay? And I'm like, oh my goodness, this child, I have used positive words to speak into him his whole life. I tell him he's a champion. I tell him he's a leader. I tell him the great qualities about him. But the one time he doesn't do that, like if I say he's giving, And one time he doesn't give all those times of me saying he's a giving child no longer matters to him. And he believes he's not giving, right? Mm -hmm. Cause we, I feel like we live in this, in the moment, or at least as a woman, I live in the moment, right? My husband can love me. We can spend a ton of time together yesterday, but today's a new day and I need time today also. And I feel like that's how my son was with his identity. It was just shifting back and forth to whether he followed through on something or didn't follow through on something. And I was like, man, I want to ground this little guy. I don't want this little guy to struggle with the approval of other people, with having to perform, with placing his worth outside of him his whole life. I want to ground him in the truths, the unshakable, unmoving truths of who God says he is. So that's been a really big, big, big topic um, in our house. And I hope that I have as a mom. Yeah. And so did you grow up with this same kind of thing or was it a totally different experience? Like, um, I know that just even in this podcast, it's a lot of people maybe that, that experience or did not experience something when they were a child. And so 
they're trying to figure it out themselves as an adult. And then we're also trying to teach our kids. And there's this disconnect of just like this, you know, how to like, how the heck do I pass my faith on to my kids when I didn't experience that or whatever. And so how did you, um, how did you know kind of that this journal, uh, I mean, obviously it's probably some trial and error and realize that it worked and it's amazing, but how did you like start to get to this? Did you have any role models growing up or what did that look like? No, it's been my like personal journey. Like I would say the last five years, like growing as a Christian and seeing what God's word, as I've gotten to know God more and understood his scriptures more, I've understood who he is more and then understood more of who I am and who I was created to be. Um, so this journal is like a culmination of the foundation of what's changed my life, right? So it's, there's three parts to it. So having a, being grateful and being able to literally shift from having a bad day or thinking all these bad thoughts and negatively spiraling and shift my mindset. I wanted to be able to give that to my son, right? Because he, at one point before this was created, he was the child that literally the words that came out of his mouth every 10 minutes were, I want this, I want this, and I want this. I was like, man, I do not want that to be my child. And I remember my mom saying, like, eat your food because um, there's kids starving in other places, right? And yep. that didn't work. So right. I wanted to be able to give him this gratitude um, and this grateful heart, but I needed a different way other than just telling him he needed to be grateful. And we had done journals and most of the journals for kids just say, what are you grateful for? So we did one of those and did a whole one and started a second one. But I started to notice that at his age, he could only think of things that were right in front of him. So he could be grateful for his strawberries and his iPad and his mom and his dad, but he struggled to be grateful for like other things that weren't right in front of him. Um, and so that was like one foundation. I knew I wanted to build like a grateful spirit in this little guy. And then at the same time, I wanted to like ground him in the word and who God is, and it's going to be his choice, whether he believes or not, but I wanted to do my part so that he knew who God was and who God says he is no matter what, because that can't ever, like that doesn't change. That's nothing, nothing that he does will ever change that. And then at the same time, I wanted to ground him in prayer and just have him be able to rely. I'm going to fail him as a mom, as all parents do, right? I'm, there's going to be a time where I'm not going to be able to be there for him, or I'm not going to be able to meet his needs in the way that he needs it. And I wanted him to be able to turn in prayer to God and know that he can always have that. And that's unchanging. Um, and it's taken me my whole life to turn to God in times where I need things versus relying on myself. Like that's another big sticking point with me and why this was created was like, I've relied on myself my whole entire life. And it's been really, really hard, right? I can grind through things and push through things, but I didn't have to, it didn't have to be that hard if I would have had a deeper relationship and a deeper prayer life with God. And I feel like, um, I was, so I have four boys. Um, I have an eight, a five, a four, and a too. And, um, I have just been pretty reflective and trying to think, you know, we're always just trying to be the best moms we can. Right. Well, I'm like, what is the one thing that I want them to take away from their childhood or, you know, from my parenting or whatever else. And actually it kind of stressed me out because, you know, you hear about like, um, you hear about a mom that teaches their kids, you know, just pounds this thing, whatever it is, a good thing, right. Not even a bad thing, mm -hmm. um, into their kids. And, Two of them 
love it. And they, mm-hmm. you know, are like, well, I'm teaching my kids this. Like, this is so it's like a foundation of my child. And the other two reject it because they're like, oh, my God, I heard that so much. I'm ready to kill myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, man, what the heck do I want to teach my kid? And I think like just coming down to it, it's like it really is just having that dependence and identity in Christ because literally anything that I do as a parent, I could have the best intentions, but like each of my kids have four very different personalities. So their perspective on whatever the heck I am teaching them is going to be different. You know what I mean? Like it literally doesn't matter. And so I just feel like it's really powerful that this is, is just a tool to help us kind of like point our children back to God. And I feel like that's probably the whole point that you, or the reason that you even created it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, not only them, but me, right? I mean, sure. last night I was telling you before we got on this, my son had hives last night, just out of the blue. He didn't eat anything he was allergic to. He woke up and I'm like, okay, the only thing I can do right now is pray over him and pray for him. So it's helped us as a family turn to God, right? And me as a mom, not think that I'm in control all the time when I'm absolutely not. I'm like, so my prayer last night was like, God, like, this is your child. Like, please heal your child, right? He's mine and I'm taking care of him, but he's yours. So I can't, I have to go to sleep tonight. Like I can't stay up thinking about this. So as a family, this has helped it, helped us shift our focus on God and rely on him in ways that we never have before. And the journal um, that you have. So let me just, um, I'm just going to like randomly open it to a page. I have it in front of me because I bought it a couple of months ago when we first talked. Um, Because I just want people to kind of know what it entails. Um, and, And this is perfect for anyone who you know, I mean, first of all, if you grew up and you know what the heck you're doing with your kids, it's still great for you, but it's great. It's a great starting point um, for someone who really wants to start having that conversation with their kids. And I love that you have the whole aspect of prayer in this. And um, okay, let me just explain what it looks like really quick to people. So what is this one on? Um, So it has basically just a list of um, for the kids to have. So it just says, what are three things that make, oh, I love this one. What are three things that make you laugh? that you're grateful for. And so the kids will just write like three things. Um, and then there's a verse of the day and it just, it's related. It just says our mouths were filled with laughter then and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among us, among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. So it's very, very, um, it's all related obviously. Um, and then it asks them like what they learned from the verse that day. And then there's just a prayer that you have written out, which I, which I absolutely love. I have a, um, a thing that I made a while ago that is literally prayer cards for people because sometimes I feel like the words are just hard (laughs) and it just gives people a starting point. And then you have a place for them to write their prayer. And it's just, you give like a starting sentence um, and then they can finish it. And so um, what kind of made, what made you feel or what made you choose that layout? Because it's so simple, but I feel like that's where the power is for a child. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I just wanted, I wanted my son's brain to go different places, like, especially with the prayer prompts, right? Our prayers used to sound like, God, help me have a good day or God, watch over this person. And that was it. Or God, thank you for this food. And I felt like he, just like he had a hard time coming up with things that he was grateful for that were outside of him. Like whoever thinks of what they're grateful for that makes them laugh. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you just don't think about that stuff. 
I wanted to expand his brain in the prayer prompts to say like, I want him to know that he can be sad when he prays to God, or he can be happy when he prays like God help me with this or God, I'm struggling with this. I wanted to teach him confession. So some of the days say, God, forgive me for this. Um, I wanted to expand his language so that he knows God is there in all things that happen in his life and that he can turn to him in that. And I love that, like, what is it? Every 30 days, you kind of have like a check-in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey, like what what prayers have you seen God answer? Or what are you like you know, thankful for or whatever, you know, come to fruition? What are you still waiting for? Yeah. Uh, so what, what made you add that? I mean, that's super. I mean, I feel like it's not just like this is a 90-day journal. So that's amazing. I'm a huge 90-day, change your life in 90 days kind of person. So I love that it's 90 days. Um, and I also love the check-in. So what did something happen to make you add that? Or was that just something that you were like, oh, this would be a good idea? No, we um, we did this other book. And we've had, my son and I had conversations like, well, God doesn't really hear my prayers. Like he had disbelief in mm. the fact that his prayers get answered. And so I wanted to actually show him like physically, like, this has happened. Like, and it was so perfect because day one of us doing this, he had prayed about at that point in his life. He was saying bad words in his head. He wasn't saying them out loud. He was saying them in his head. Mm-hmm. And he wrote on that the first day it said like, God help me. And he wrote to not say bad words in my head. And then the next day we go to go to it. And I'm like, babe, how was it yesterday with saying bad words? And he's like, Oh my goodness, I didn't do it. Like, Aww. Brendan, like God is already showing up for you, like in a big way. So I wanted him to have proof of the fact that like prayers are answered. But then at the same time, the second question, I believe, or second or third says, what do you need to keep praying? I wanted him to know that not everything is going to be answered. Right. So I, I wanted to give him that foundation to know that God hears him. And at the same time, there's things that aren't going to get answered the way you want them to be answered. So just to check in and know, like, and so he, he just knows that some get answered and some don't. And I feel like the way, I feel like the way that this journal is laid out too, um, just the fact that it is not passive for the Mm. child. Like, I feel like I've looked first, I I think it it might've been what, two years ago, I think when Noah started kindergarten, I wanted to have some kind of devotion that he would just do every morning. So simple. He was Mm -hmm. freaking five, you know what I mean? But I just was like, I want to get into this spiritual discipline of like, you know, us eating our breakfast and he does it every morning mm-hmm. um, and something simple. And and really all that I found were um, just like, I mean, we have like the Jesus uh, storybook Bible or whatever, which I love, but what it, what it kind of ended up being was more like me reading to him and then me kind of asking him questions where he, in, in that he's more passive. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He's just mm-hmm. eating his eggs and like listening to the story about, you know, whatever. Where this, I feel like, especially now, I feel like eight is a great age for this because he's reading. Do you know what I mean? Like he can Absolutely. kind of get this now. So I love how active. Yeah. This- oh, yeah. I had to put, so Brendan is the reason why I put the, what did you get out of this? Or what did, mm. what did the verse mean to you? Because it'd be so easy for a kid to just skim over the Bible verse and not read it. Right. So that question had to be in there so that he would engage and he actually has to think about what the scripture really means to him. And some days it's kind of off. And I think that is 100% okay. But just the fact that he's mulling on scripture 
because it shows up later. He came into the, Brendan came into the room one night and I knew that this was like beginning to work. And he said, mom and dad, like, do you know that God makes everyone perfect? And they're perfect because he made them. And we were like, yeah, dude, that's totally right. And my husband, like so intuitive was like, Brendan, do you believe that? He's like, well, and then he walks out of the room. Uh. So so we knew he was struggling with it, but the fact that he was bringing up scripture, other than when we were talking about it, he came into us and was talking about it was so huge because I know that God won't leave him in that place where he feels like he's not perfect. Like God will bring him to the place where he believes that, but it's only going to be through him being in his word. Right. And I don't know about you, but I can't sit him down and just have him just read the Bible. Like that just doesn't, that wouldn't work for us. Like I could read it with him, but it'd be a lot of verses. Like I wanted this to be something so simple, like you had mentioned earlier, that he could just take a little piece of scripture and each verse in there was extremely intentional with what I want, like key foundational verses that every Christian hopefully knows or should know. And so they're all built in there, like with a purpose so that he gets to know the heart of God and get, know what God stands for and know who he is as a Christian. If he's going to live out his Christian life, like what does that look like? So, well, and what does that look like? And the fact that you are, um, I don't, training is probably not the right word, but like training him, do you know what I mean? To like do this daily, like that, the whole spiritual discipline thing. And like you said, uh, I don't know if we were recording yet, but maybe, but like we, like you had said earlier, you know, whether or not he decides to continue, right. That's on him, like his Christian faith or whatever. But what I feel like is really powerful about what you're doing, um, is that you're, you're kind of putting the ball in his court. Do you know what I mean? Like you're kind of just like showing him scripture, what it means and teaching him, uh, here, here's what my biggest gripe is with the contemporary church today. I think that high schoolers graduate, um, at 18 and they have been in church their entire life. And they still think the story of Jonah is about a whale. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they literally think it's about a freaking whale. And it's like, dude, it has nothing to do with the daggone whale. But we just like, I just feel like it's so fluffy sometimes. And it's like, no, this are actually very applicable. Um, and so I don't know. I, I did an episode a, a little bit ago. It's called, um, oh gosh, I don't even freaking know. Gener- based, generational faith maybe or something like that. And I was listening to a study. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but, you know, typically they say that, um, that, that crisis period is between 18 and like 24 Mm -hmm. for kids to leave the church. But what they found is, is that actually they leave the faith at like between 10 and 13. They just don't physically do it until 18 because they're off at college. Cause what are you going to do as a 14 year old when your parents are going to church on Sunday? Like you're not going to not go. Right. So they just hang with their friends and whatever, but they haven't, they, they, don't believe it or there becomes a disconnect when they're between 10 and 13 for a couple of reasons. But, you know, there's there's a head of, head and heart disconnect. Um, there's just this like legalistic religion or, you know, whatever. Um, and they can't really they don't I don't think that kids really sift through it on their own. So do you feel like how long has he been doing this? Like, do you feel like he's just coming more and more like in tune with scripture and his own faith? He's still in a place. So he asked to be baptized when he was like four. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so up until this point, like he, he's always been extremely um, mature for his age and extremely intelligent, but he's struggling with like, I don't see it. He's still struggling with his like faith and his belief. Um, so he's growing. He knows a lot about the Bible. He knows a lot of Bible stories. So exactly what, what you were saying was spiritual disciplines. Like I needed to create an experience where he has an encounter with God, right? Because mm-hmm. he, can just, he can, exactly. He can go to church on Sunday and have the fun stuff and learn a little bit, but it's not deep enough. Like I need to have, I need him to have an experience with the Holy spirit and like with the living God and God's word. And it like made me think of, um, one day he had a really, really hard day at school and he was struggling with like, um, almost the perfectionism stuff and wanting to do things the right way. And they were writing out stuff. And the teacher said, do your best writing. And to him, best meant perfect. And so he was erasing and getting behind and just had a really, really hard day. So I found out about it from the teacher. We had talked about it. We had prayed about it. And then the next morning in his journal, his prayer was about being perfect and letting that go. And it warmed my heart so much because how I grew up, it wouldn't have been for me to turn to God in prayer, right? It would have been me trying to figure it out myself and me trying to change it and me like rowing against the wind in struggle, trying to change it. And he immediately now because of this turns to God and turns to prayer. And so I feel like in that God will meet him and his relationship will continue to grow. I just have to keep the discipline of him, putting it in front of him and giving him those experiences to encounter God. Sure. And I feel like um, kind of, I mean, just a side effect of this, they're like coping skills, right? So like (laughs) I just did a, again, just did a freaking podcast episode. This is all just in line exactly with what my podcast is about, but about addiction Um, and, you know, that to become an addict way more complicated than this but typically it's like 50 percent. you know do you have the addictive gene and 50 percent like coping skills so you know if you have the addictive gene and you've got great coping skills you know you're, you're probably gonna be fine because what is addiction it's a way to cope with something mm-hmm. um whatever so a, but a way to cope with something is to like writing is a great coping skill um just to be able to like process through certain things that are happening and whatever else. So what a gift this is for him. Number one, that it just, it's a, you know, side effect is just that it's a coping. Like you're teaching him how to a be in tune with how he's feeling and whatever, and B like showing him Jesus because Lord knows they cannot be looking at us (laughs) for, Mm -hmm. for any sort of standard. Do you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's just absolutely great. So do you, and do you feel like he starts working through, like you're seeing more and more of him, like being noticing different things happening and starting to work through those? Yes. Oh my gosh. He's become a lot more mindful of other people. Even yesterday he wrote in his journal, he prayed for his buddy and it didn't really make sense. And I was like, dude, why, why is he in your journal? And, um, he's like, he's mean to me. So I was, I, he's praying for his buddy because his buddy's mean to him. And then we saw that buddy, um, the next day yesterday. Um, and Brendan was totally nice to him and totally sweet to him. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this guy like is so like, he's so nice where I would be like mean back. 
right? Right, like, right. <laughs> and yet he's praying for his friend. And even like, I feel like it's made him more mindful of other people and just not selfish. Like, I, I think he tends to be like a me focus or all kids, right? Or focused on themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, through this, he was, I had told him he was going to go spend time with his dad or something like that. We were in the car and I'm like, hey, you get to have one-on-one time with your dad because we do one-on-one time with both kids. And he's like, oh, that's not fair. And that used to be his like tagline was that's not fair. And Mm -hmm. so the journal has changed that also because he's just started to see the other side of things. And I, so I thought he was starting down his like normal pathway of that's not fair. And I was like, why, why why do you say that dude? And he's like, well, that's not fair because I've actually got a lot of time with dad one-on-one and I don't feel like Jeremiah, his brother has had time with him. So I think it'd be better if Jeremiah spent one-on-one time with him. And it was just like the exact opposite response. Yeah, that's amazing. Expecting, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I mean, they love their one-on-one time with daddy. Like they're just super boy boys. Like they love their one-on-one time. And so it's changed the way he sees himself, but then how he sees other people and how he responds to other people. It's really fascinating. So have you seen like... um... I mean, I'm, I'm sure this is a yes, but I would love to just hear about it. Have you seen like progress, um, you said through Brendan, um, so between day one and day 90. So like, was it kind of like pulling teeth at the beginning and now it just, and like, did it at some point just kind of pivot or switch where it's just a little easier? And I'm sure not every single day is like perfect, but I'm just saying like, are you seeing this just progression um, of gratitude from him or just being aware? And like you said. Absolutely. I mean, it didn't even take day 90. I mean, uh, I think he continues to grow. I mean, the, a perfect example was a couple weeks into doing it. Um, we had gotten them new twin beds because they used to have bunk beds. And this goes back to like what my mom used to say, like eat your food because there's kids starving, right? She was trying to push upon me being grateful, but it just didn't sink in. Right. I just had food and I felt like eating it or not felt like eating it. Right. And he, so they got these new twin beds and he wrote in his gratitude journal. Cause one of the prompts says, what are you grateful for in your room? He wrote in his gratitude journal, his bed. And he comes to me and he's like, mom, I want you to know that the, it says bed. But when I say bed, I mean like my bed frame and my mattress and everything that goes along with it. It's not just my bed. Because I know that if I didn't have this, I'd be sleeping on the floor. Wow. And I'm and like, he's eight. <laughs> yeah. It's, he might've been six at that time, you know, or seven. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was this shift that started to happen instantly where he could, he's just started to appreciate things and see things in a whole different way. He was willing to start to give away some of his toys where before he's like this hoarder child. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm, and just the fact that he's praying and we started to change how we pray for as a family. Um, so now when something's going on or we see if someone's struggling with something or someone's hurt or some, or just anything going on in our life, like our first response now, our natural response now is a family is to pray over it. And that wasn't the case before. I mean, we would pray, but it wasn't like the instant response. So just being raised in that, I mean, is just game changing because he's like, if he's like me in any way, which he absolutely is like, he wants to control things. Right. But at the end of the day, we don't have control. 
So to be able to release that, it'll, he, he will be a different child, 100%. Like he will have the coping skills, exactly what you said, that I didn't have. And that probably could have led to addictive behavior if I wasn't disciplined. Um, he will have some ways to navigate through that and to be able to shift his mind, right? To have control over our thoughts and control over how we feel about things. Because like how, what I was talking about in the beginning with like feeling entitled or expecting things comes from this place of just like righteousness and like, I deserve this, but that's not going to happen in life always. Like you can't control other people. So to be able to see the good in the bad situations or see the good in the situations that don't go the way that you want to is the biggest skill, I mean, ever, right? Because when things don't go our way, that's when stress comes for me or when frustration comes for me. And if he can switch in an instant to see the good things, because my husband operates from the exact opposite way. He can always see the good things like instantly. And it Is takes your husband somebody that like walks around in the morning all peppy with coffee. Oh yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even need coffee. In coffee right? well, he's like, the one we're looking at. Like, can you just sit down for a second? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And so me and my son are not that way, right? Mm-hmm. Or my firstborn is not, we're not that way. So as a young kid to be able to see the good, and then really it's relying on God and seeing the good because God does work everything out for the good of those who love him, like Romans 8, 28, right? So he sees that verse and now believes that verse in a whole nother way, right? Because he can see the good. But if he doesn't have that skill to shift or to have that gratitude practice, there's a lot more struggle going on. There could be a lot more struggle going on. And, you know, I think just, sorry, I'm like literally processing all of this because I mean, I've had your journal, but now even I feel like you just I feel like you need to have a video if you don't (laughs) of like just even like explaining all this because I'm just like, wow. okay, so you have your the gratitude practice and then you have obviously like you have the lens of scripture over top of just being like because, you know, you could just be grateful just to be grateful. But then you like lay the lens of scripture over top of that and then you add on the um, the usefulness of journaling. Um, of writing something because it's, you know, when you write something, it's you slow down mm-hmm. <laughs> your mind and actually like focus on it. And like what you said before, like whatever you focus on expands. So you have gratitude, you have scripture, you have um, focusing and teaching him a coping skill. And then above everything, you are explicitly teaching him how to um, go to God, you know, don't, which let's just talk about how powerful that is in this culture. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, that you're teaching him like, Hey, go to God, because I'm not going to always get it right. And Lord knows you're all friends. I ain't always going to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it's, that, that it's amazing to me. It's, it's a wonderful journal. What age, at what age did you guys, um, did you start like with your kids? He started at six. Um, and there's some verses in there that he doesn't understand or, and so we work through those and that gives us a great time to talk. But at six, he started to be able to kind of do it on his own in the morning, exactly how you said, like we start in the morning. And as I wrote it, I first wrote it thinking it would just be for kids. And then I started to have adults keeping the kid journal, like even though the title, (laughs) and then I had my nephews start to do it and get like a lot of value out of it. And as I've talked with people and various ages of people that have done it, the content in there is ageless essentially, because if the prayer prompt says, God, I need your help with this, or God, please forgive me with, for this. 
it's the, the how I'm going to answer that is completely different than how my son's going to answer it, right? And so the teen version is almost a mirror image of the kid's version. It's just a different cover because a teen doesn't want to have a cover that has a dolphin on the front of it, right? Or an underwater scene. And so there it's content so that a mom and a son essentially, or a, a, a child and an adult could do it together and have the same questions and have commonality and then be able to do it at, you know, at one time and answer both answer. What are they grateful for in the sea? Yeah. So are you, um, did you go through like scripture that you wanted to, um, I don't know, did you like book it or uh, like tag scriptures that you wanted to have in this book? And then you kind of wrote the devotional around that? Or did you come up with like, just different things to be grateful for, like you said, like in your room or outside or underwater or whatever, um, and then kind of come back and like put scripture into it? So there two are different. So I have the first one and the first one, I was really focused on the gratitude piece. I wanted to prompt him in different ways to be grateful. And so the first one came about by taking my favorite verses, because before we did this, part of what I wanted to do was just have him in God's word every day. So I wrote out scripture on note cards. So I had all these note cards on our table. And my goal was at dinner time, we'd each pick a note card and we'd talk about the Bible verse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a b- good compilation of a lot of great scripture, but the first one started with the gratitude prompt, if I'm completely honest, because mm-hmm. I just wanted to expand his mind to think about all the ways he's grateful in all areas of his life. And then the second one, so the first one's Bible verses are all great foundational verses that a new believer, an old believer, or a kid, you will know who God is in those verses. And what it would look like to live out a Christian life. The second version is all about identity. So all the verses are about the character of God, the person of God, and who God says we are in all of that. And then the um, gratitude prompts kind of relate back. But um, the first one is a good general, great Christian resource. And then the second one is all about identity. So... Do you do this, like, do you suggest, and I think you do now that I'm saying this, but suggest like this is an every, every day, every morning kind of thing. Um, or do you like a couple of days a week? Do you guys, do you guys, um, supplement at all with different types of things? Or do you feel like this really is appropriate, like enough for their, you know, just where they're at, at age level? Um, we've just done this. The goal is every day. It definitely doesn't happen every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so a 90 day journal takes us four or five months to get through. Like he's almost through the second one, um, that I wrote, but the goal is every day. And then we read stuff at night also, but this is how he starts his morning. And how long does, how long do you feel like it takes him to do? Um, under five minutes, sometimes two minutes. I mean, this morning it was super, super simple and just super quick. It depends on how much it makes them think, right? Some of the days, like the gratitude prompt says, name three things that are read that you're grateful for. And yes, they're going to think, right? Today's prompt, I think, said, name three reasons why you're grateful for heaven. A little more in depth. Yeah. Yeah. And it totally didn't relate to heaven, but he he wrote God on there. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But it makes, so it depends on how much it makes him think. Some of the Bible verses in there are one sentence and it's just simple. Some of them are a couple sentences. I mean, nothing, it's not a whole paragraph, but 
sometimes they're a little longer. So I would say anywhere from a couple minutes to max, max, max 10 minutes, depending on like they're in his prayer is normally between five and seven words, right? That he adds right. on to the prompt. <laughs> right. Well, and I love too, I think you said it before, just, you know, sometimes we'll write things down and it's like, eh, that's not quite, <laughs> not quite right. But I feel like it's so important a couple of things. Number one, it's so important to let them just, well, you got to be script, like scripturally accurate or whatever. So that's one thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like just letting him start to unfold scripture as he sees it through an eight-year-old's eyes. You know, that's really important. And then also just being able to doubt like what you were saying with this whole perfectionism thing, you know, like the, there can be a disconnect where we believe something, you know, either with our heart, don't believe with our head or vice versa. And so I feel, but I feel like that's important. If I could scream it from the rooftops, like God can handle our doubts. <laughs> he can handle us. You know what I mean? Like wrestling through this with him. And so I feel like that's just another really important thing to, to be learning as a child that hey, it's okay right? You can learn these things, wrestle with these things, believe it, not feel it, feel it, not believe it. Like, you know, it's all just a huge journey that we, as adults, we still feel that way. Absolutely. My husband had to bring me back to that. When Brendan first said, oh, I'm not sure about something or about God. I'm like, wait, what? What are you talking about? You're not sure. What, what is there not to be sure about? I thought we had already cleared this issue. <laughs> Right. Wait on this list. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever doubted something or like questioned something? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I thought we were past this already. Right. And um, so it's been a great exercise for me to release to God, like, I'm gonna try and prepare him and I need you to meet me <laughs> in the middle with this, God. Like, you need to help me, like he's yours. And you need to help me. I'm going to do my best. But at the end of the day, it's up to him. And his faith is a journey as my faith is a journey, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's been, I mean, I am, I'm surrendering to the process that it's a journey and I just need to keep putting it in front of him. Sure. And you can only do what you can do. You know what I mean? And I feel like, so uh, when, when I were like reading through just the Bible, like the Jesus story childhood story Bible, whatever the heck it is. Anyways. Um, and so, um, we're reading through like a different chapter or a different, you know, whatever each day. And I mean, it's seven, eight minutes, like it's nothing crazy. But then at the end of it, my first question is like, what did you take from that? Fine. But then like it, it what else it is, is what don't you understand about it? Or like, is there anything that doesn't make sense? Is there anything that sounds like not right or off or whatever? Because what I don't want to have happen is to have a bunch of like, yes, kids. Like, mm. did you get that? Yes. Did Jesus die for you? Yes. Did it, you know what I mean? And it's just like, okay, I'm going to tell, you know, the Jesus answer. Like I just, sure. Yes. I believe X, Y, and Z because that's what they should say. Like mm -hmm. I want, I want to like start that conversation now. That's like, what are you doubting? Like, what do you not understand? What makes zero sense? Because there is a ton of stuff in the Bible that is confusing. You got to know cultural context. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, do you feel like this has just opened a door to that where you are able to now have an avenue really just to like have conversations around the Bible and scripture instead of just sitting down like, okay, let's talk about the Bible today. <laughs> do you feel like that's opened conversations for you guys? 100%. Absolutely. And I see it most like in his prayers because he prays for like, God help me to believe. 
like I remember one day, I think it started the conversation with us where I realized that he didn't believe like, or there was parts of stuff that he didn't believe, or he was struggling with his faith when he wrote like, God, help me to have faith in you or help me believe in you. And so, um, yes, it has continued to open up for us for sure. I love how intentional you are when you say that, because I don't know that I've been the best at like stopping afterwards and saying, what don't you believe about that? I feel like I've thankfully understood that they didn't believe like after the fact through Mm -hmm. their prayer, through my son's prayers. That's a huge, that's a huge, huge takeaway for parents to really be questioning. Essentially, like you're teaching them apologetics in the very beginning. Like how are they defending their faith? And do they know how? And do they know why they believe it? That's um, that's huge. Well, and I feel like the worst thing that we can do is just like Bible thump them. <laughs> um, like in a, in a way, like I was saying, in a way where we're just like, know this story. And this is why, like I said, I think that that kids are graduating from high school and they have no connection to, they could, they could tell you intellectually all of these stories of the Bible. They could, t- they could recite all of these like churchy, you know, whatever. Um, and listen, I love church. We go every week. You know what I mean? Like I love it. However, um, when you, when you're not bringing that back to a, to a, um, I don't know, a reflective level, like how does the gospel actually affect me? Why, why do I even have to li- you know, there's this whole worldview versus Christian worldview, right? Like there's just two totally different things. And so if they don't understand how the Bible, you know, relates to them, this thousands of years old book, then yeah, when they're a teenager and their friends are like, well, that's dumb. Well, they're gonna be like, well, you're right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That is dumb. <laughs> so I feel like this just really connects it back to their heart. Definitely tried. I hope so. That's my prayer, right? Like I hope that kids at least know through this who God is, right? And the heart of God and what it looks like really to live out their Christian faith. Because when I, I became a Christian when I was 19. And so I feel like I missed all the foundation. And I went to church for years on Sunday and showed up and was there, yet didn't grow in my understanding because I wasn't deeply involved in scripture, right? I was just coming to, I feel like Sunday's super surfacey and now like doesn't feed me like that much, right. even though it's good and it's great community. It doesn't like feed my need to understand God. And so part of this was like, I wish I had this as a kid. Like, what would I want now that I understand who God is? Like, what would I have wanted to know before? Right. And so this, like, I feel like this could have been labeled even as a new believer book (laughs) or new believer journal, like all the things that I didn't get exactly like what you're talking about with why you created the podcast, all the things that I didn't have, I then wanted to make sure I imparted for your kids. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> you joke about the new believer. I remember my mom kind of found God, like, you know, I was whatever midlife and she got, she started to go to church, um, with us. No idea what was going on there. You know what I mean? She's like, I don't freaking know. Anyways, the children's pastor there was like, Hey, do you want to teach our four-year-olds, you know, be a four-year-old teacher or whatever? And she's like, um, no, I don't know any story. And the chick was like, perfect you'll learn right along with them. Like, this is a perfect place for you to be then because this is where we teach all of the stories, you know? And anyway, she, she started teaching and she taught for, she literally just stopped, I think this past year. And so it's been 15, 
15 years maybe that she taught but um but yeah like just learning all the stories and whatever else and like you said you have a um adult version so where can people find this book um and i'm assuming you i mean you know recommend to however many children you have um you know to get that many books for each of your kids yeah um, but where can they find these um so they're on amazon and there are a million gratitude journals on Amazon. So if you just search grat- gratitude journal for kids and then Jessica Lewis and my name, um, you they'll totally pop up there. Or And then once you get there, if you look through, you'll see that there's two versions for the kids and then two versions for um, adults and teens. And then I'm on what, Instagram, of course. What's, what's the um, the difference between the two? Were they just different verses, did you say? Yep. Different verses and just a different, so they both have different covers. Um, but it's just a continuation. I had so many kids that were doing the first one when I launched it that I couldn't leave them hanging and not have a second one to continue. So the first Uh, one is just great Christian, just great Bible verses. And then the second one really focuses on identity and who God is and who God says I am. Okay, so version one and version two of the kids, those are the that's the differences. They're two different. They're not just like updated, but they're like perfect to pair for like 190 days and then the next 90 days. Yes, exactly. And then the adult teen ones kind of go along with it. They're, it's almost very, very, very similar layout, content, everything, just updated cover so that a teen would want to pick it up, you know, and yes. not have a toucan on the front of it or a parent <laughs> could do it along with them. Awesome. And what, um, at what age do you feel like is a good starting point for this? I mean, to be, I, obviously like you can talk to a two-year-old about whatever, but just like when people are, when kids are able to start writing, like that five-year-old, was that a good time? Yeah. Writing and then reading depending on where they're at. So for us, it was like six was a great, great start. And his, and the conversation has changed a lot as he's gotten older and understood more, like he's a lot more independent. I would say at six, I would be sitting there with him and having to talk through some things. Now he does it. And if he needs help with a verse or it's extra long and he's feeling like grumpy or lazy that morning, then he wants me to read it to him, you know? And then, I mean, of course, teens do it on their own. And that's a whole nother amazing, great stories that have come out of that. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, especially because I just don't know that there's a ton of resources. I think there's resources out there. It's hard to kind of sift through all of them, but I love how simple this is. I feel like we try to get too daggone fancy. Do you know what I mean? And we miss the whole like heart of what you're trying to do. And I feel like, like I said before, like I just feel like this has so much layered into it that is so helpful um, that I I absolutely love it. And I will actually post um, and tag you on Instagram. Can you uh, tell everyone your Instagram for um, those of you who want to follow you? Yep. It's gratitude gives life. Are you on Facebook also? Um, yes, but not very often. So Instagram's better. Instagram's your place. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Well, um, Jessica, thank you so much for being on. Um, and again, this is, if you just search on Amazon, the gratitude journal with Jessica Lewis, you can find it on there. Um, I have one for, um, I got one for Noah And I will post a picture of that on Instagram just in general. And Jessica, I'll tag you in it. But thank you so much for being on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So great. Oh, man. Okay. So, so good. Sometimes it can just 
seem really overwhelming, I feel like, to work on our kids' spiritual health. Like academics are kind of tangible, you know, like emotional needs are in our face all the time. So we have to deal with those. Mental health is a little bit harder, but when we love them and we're just super present and there with them in life, like we can kind of naturally help in that area. But their spiritual life, even as young kids, like that has to be intentional. But if you didn't grow up in a household that gave an example of this, then you could really feel at a loss or inadequate or just ill-equipped, right? Which is totally fine. Like we all are just doing the best that we can. So here's what I love the most about this entire thing. I love that Jessica saw this issue start to rise up in her son and then she created something for him, right? Like she, she created something, which is a gift and that's amazing. And then she saw results and thought, hey, if I need this, then maybe other mothers or families could use this. And then she just created a daggone product we can all use, right? And so not every one of us is in the business of making practical things like devotionals for our children or for our teenagers or even for ourselves. So it's amazing in my mind that she decided to do this just so that all of us busy mamas can have just a really convenient and powerful tools in our hands. And so I am just really impressed, you guys, with the simplicity in this journal. Like I said, Noah is eight, and it takes him under 10 minutes to complete. And what's really interesting to me is that the very first day we ever did this, he was like, I have no idea what to write. (laughs) I don't know what the answer is. You know what I mean? Like there's that achievement in him Um, or like feeling like there's a right answer. And so he's like pretty much wanting me to tell him like, what he's grateful for in nature or in our home or family or whatever. And now he can do it in like two seconds. Now it has just really opened up his eyes to appreciate everything, like everything big and small. Like he's able to call it out and name things so much easier. And it also just naturally, which is, this might be my favorite part, kind of gives you some conversation starters with your children. Anyways, you have already heard me gush over this journal and devotional during the interview, so I will save you from me doing it again. But make sure that you check out the links in my show note to her journal. And I just really hope that this interview and this resource was really helpful for you. I'm going to be sharing it on my social media platforms at Legacy Through Motherhood on Facebook. It's Legacy underscore through underscore motherhood on Instagram, of course. Um, And so I will be sharing some pictures and just some just different updates and stuff this week. So make sure that you are following on there. And if you loved this episode, feel free to tag myself and Jessica on any social media platform. Again, her social media is at gratitude gives life. Join me next week as we enter into health week. And I am so excited to continue having these conversations and providing helpful resources for you guys while continuing to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.